Hi guys, <clears throat> excuse me, that was weird. Um, hi guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, today I did want to um, talk about, well I guess continue on with this good so, uh, theme I had going for a couple weeks now. Um, I did want to take, talk to, mm, let me restart, I did want to um, talk about schizophrenia and Here's one thing I did want to say before I get into any of it. Um, I know I'm probably going to say it later in the episode, but schizophrenia is not a um, one-size-fits-all type of um, psychotic disorder. Um, everyone experiences experiences it differently. And as we're, as I will talk about later, you will see that um, how science is def- how we have changed our perception um, or even diagnosis, diagnoses of um, schizophrenia. Um, I did want to also mention that I'm not going to speak too much on um, schizophrenia as in like disorder-wise. Um, I did want to get into, um, how can I say it? Um, more on the experience side, like maybe reading experiences like from sites like Reddit or stuff like that. Um, I even found a comic that I did want to read to you guys. I'll definitely link it um, in the description, but I did want to read it to you guys um, that details more on schizophrenia um, because I'm pretty sure um, even if you maybe not have maybe a relative or friend or someone who has schizophrenia, um, I believe we, we all have heard about it at least at some point in our lives so I did want to just just go over it um and that's what I wanted to just I did want to get that out though and also just usual disclaimer you know I'm not a you know I'm not a mental health professional I'm not a um I'm not like you know qualified to give advice or anything Um, so, you know, if you or someone you love, um, or someone you know, um, has maybe symptoms or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe diagnosed, just know, seek professional help, you know, you know, like actual help, not from, don't, don't take advice literally from a podcast is what I'm trying to say. Don't take it saying, oh, well, this is how this must be it. You know, do your own research, you know. But with that out of the way, I guess we can get started. Um, today, I'm going to skip over psychology today. Um, only because I did, while I was looking through some articles, um, schizophrenia, there, there, of course, there's a lot of um, websites and articles that go over schizophrenia. Um which is why I would, which is why I say, you know, I definitely wanted to talk about it, but at the same time, there's so much information that um, I didn't necessarily know how to um, go over it in a, I guess you can say a more, not not detailed, but like um, organized fashion, I guess you can say. Um, so I more so look into maybe stuff we haven't really, or stuff I didn't know personally um, about schizophrenia. And one place I did want to start today 
on like where I usually would start with like psychology today or um, WebMD or something but um, I want to start today with website from websites called bbrfoundation.org which is um, brain and behavior research foundation um, they had an FAQ um, about schizophrenia um, that detailed you know like what is risk factors and things of that nature um, so I definitely want to start with them first and then maybe go on to something else if I have time because um, I usually try to keep it within an hour um, but if you guys want me to continue to speak about it um, you can fo- you can follow me on Twitter at my thought journey too um, if you guys want to hear more about it but let me now promo out of the way let's get into this so first question what is schizophrenia schizophrenia is a severe and debilitating brain and behavior disorder affecting how one thinks feels and acts people with schizophrenia can have trouble distinguishing reality from fantasy expressing and managing normal emotions and making decisions thought processes may also be disorganized and the motivation to engage in life activities may be blunted those with the condition may hear imaginary voices and believe others are reading their minds controlling their thoughts or plotting to harm them emphasis on may let's continue most people with schizophrenia suffer from symptoms either continuously or intermittently throughout life and are often severely stigmatized by people who do not understand the disease contrary to popular perception People with schizophrenia do not have split or multiple personalities, and most pose no no danger to others. However, the symptoms are terrifying to those afflicted and can make them unresponsive, agitated, or withdrawn. People with schizophrenia attempt to attempt suicide more often than people in the general population, and estimates are that up to 10% of people with schizophrenia will complete a suicide in the first 10 years of the illness, particularly young men with schizophrenia. While schizophrenia is a chronic disorder, it can be treated with medication, psychological and social treatments, substantially improving the lives of people with the condition. Excuse me. Um, okay, I did also want to mention, I forgot to mention also the source that some of these, that some of these things are coming from is from the National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH. Um, without a way, let's continue. Um, now the next question what are the risk factors for schizophrenia there are several factors that contribute to the risk of developing schizophrenia namely genetics environment brain chemistry brain structure and brain development scientists believe that many d- different genes may increase the risk of schizophrenia development but that no single gene causes the disorder by itself it's not yet possible to use genetic information to predict who will develop schizophrenia. Scientists also think that interactions between genes and aspects of the individual's environment are necessary for schizophrenia to develop. What are the subtypes of schizophrenia? So the five, yeah, one, yeah, five subtypes of schizophrenia are one, paranoia schizophrenia, feelings of extreme suspicion, persecution or grandiosity or a combination of these second just disorganized schizophrenia um, usually just incoherent thoughts but not necessarily delusional 
So kind of like, you know, in your thoughts, maybe mess up speech patterns or what some people call word salad. Um, catatonic schizophrenia, third one. Withdrawal or negative effect in isolation and marked psychomotor disturbances. Not necessarily what that means, but I'm going to assume... I am going to go to another article so that will maybe explain it a little bit differently, the subtypes. But let's continue. Um, fourth one, residual schizophrenia. Delusions or hallucinations may go away, but motivation or interest in life is gone. And five, schizoaffective disorder, which I have talked about, which I have talked about on the, um, differently on, on another podcast episode. But symptoms of both schizophrenia and a major mood disorder, such as depression or bipolar. One thing I do want to mention also is that, um, and it's not, there's no longer, we don't know, one second, we no longer, um, recognize the subtypes anymore, um, in the DSM-5, because according to the American Psychiatric Association, um, the subtypes, um, were making it harder to, they weren't really helpful, um, in diagnosing clients and patients because, um, a lot of subtypes, people sometimes, it's usually like a main, um, symptom, maybe one, usually around two of, out of six usual symptoms, um, of schizophrenia, um, usually would be there, and like I said, like I mentioned previously, um, it can be intermittent, it could, you know, be chronic, lifelong, always there, um, but it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily helpful anymore to really say, oh, we have paranoid schizophrenia. It might, they might say you have schizophrenia with paranoia or paranoid symptoms um, because we now just say schizophrenia instead of like paranoid schizophrenia or disorganized schizophrenia because some subtypes can overlap and um, sometimes um, go back and forth with patients. On to the next one. Um, what are the symptoms of schizophrenia? Schizophrenia can have very different symptoms in different people. The way the disease manifests itself and progresses in a person depends on the time of onset, severity, and duration of symptoms, which are categorized as positive, negative, and cognitive. All three kinds of symptoms reflect problems in brain function. Relapse and remission cycles often occur, but a person can get better, worse, and better again over, repeatedly over time. Now, the so-called positive symptoms, um, which can be severe or mild, um, include delusions, hallucinations, and thought disorders. Some psychiatrists also include psychomotor problems that affect movement in this category. Excuse me. Excuse me. Delusions, hallucinations, and inner voices are collectively called psychosis, which also can be a hallmark of other serious mental illnesses such as bipolar, bipolar disorder. Delusions lead people to believe others are monitoring or threatening them or reading their thoughts. Hallucinations cause a patient to hear, see, feel, or smell something that is not there. Thought disorders may involve difficulty putting cohesive thoughts together or making sense of speech. Psychomotor problems may, may appear as clumsiness, unusual mannerisms, or repetitive actions, and in extreme cases, motionless rigidity held for extended periods of time. 
Negative symptoms, on the other hand, reflect a loss of functioning in areas such as emotion or motivation. Negative symptoms include loss or reduction in the ability to initiate plans, speak, express emotion, or find pleasure in life. They include emotional flatness or lack of expression, diminished ability to begin and sustain a planned activity, social withdrawal, and apathy. These symptoms can be mistaken for laziness or depression. And third, third, last but not least, cognitive symptoms involve problems with attention and memory, especially in planning and organizing to achieve a goal. Cognitive deficits are the most disabling for patients trying to lead a normal life. Next question, at what age do the symptoms of schizophrenia appear? Schizophrenia affects men and women equally. It occurs at similar rates in all ethnic groups around the world. Symptoms such as hallucinations and delusions usually start, start between ages 16 and 30. Emphasis on usually. Men tend to experience symptoms earlier than women. Most of the time, people do not get schizophrenia after age 45. Schizophrenia rarely occurs in children, but awareness of childhood onset schizophrenia is increasing. It can be difficult to diagnose schizophrenia in teens. This is because the first signs can, can include a change of friends, a drop in grades, sleep problems, and irritability, behaviors that are common among teens. Next question, how is schizophrenia diagnosed and treated? Um, a combination of factors can predict schizophrenia in up to 80% of youth who are at high risk of developing the illness. These factors include isolating oneself and withdrawing from others, an increase in unusual thoughts and suspicions, and a family history of psychosis. In young people who develop the illness, this stage of, this, of the disorder is called the prodromal period. Sorry, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Um, currently, schizophrenia is diagnosed by the presence of symptoms or their precursors for a period of six months. Two or more symptoms, such as hallucinations, delusions, disorganized speech, and grossly disorganized or catatonic behavior must be significant and last for at least one month. Only one symptom is required for diagnosis if delusions are bizarre enough or if hallucinations consist either of a, a voice constantly commenting on the person's behavior or thoughts or two or more voices conversing. Social or occupational problems can also be part of the diagnosis during the six-month period. Foundation-funded research to find markers such as abnormal brain scans or blood chemicals that can help detect early disease and allow for quicker interventions is now being done. Scientists are also working to understand the genetic and environmental mechanisms that combine to cause schizophrenia. As more is discovered about chemical circuitry and structure of the brain's functions of people with the disease, better diagnostic, diagnostic tools and early intervention techniques can be developed. This is crucial for schizophrenia as it is believed that with every psychotic episode, increased damage is done to the brain. Is there a cure for schizophrenia? While no cure exists for schizophrenia, it is treatable and manageable with medication and behavioral therapy, especially if diagnosed early and treated continuously. 
Those with acute symptoms, such as severe delusions or hallucinations, suicidal thoughts, or the inability to take care for oneself, may require hospitalization. Antipsychotic drugs are the primary medications to reduce the symptoms of schizophrenia. They, re they relieve the positive symptoms through the impact of the brain's neurotransmitter symptoms. Cognitive and behavioral therapy can then help retrain the brain once symptoms are reduced. These approaches improve communication, motivation, and self-care, and teach coping mechanisms so that individuals with schizophrenia may attend school, go to work, and socialize. Patients undergoing regular psychosocial treatment comply better with medication and have fewer relapses and hospitalizations. A positive relationship with the therapist or a case manager gives a patient a reliable source of information about schizophrenia as well as empathy, encouragement, and hope. Social networks and family member support have also been shown to be helpful. Next question, can electrical stimulation improve cognition in people living with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder? A method called transcranial direct current stimulation, or TBD, TDCS for short, has, also, has already been used to help stroke victims recover and has been studying patients with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases. TDCS is a non-invasive technique in which a very weak direct electrical current is passed through the cerebral cortex via electrodes placed on the scalp. Donald M. Martin, PhD of the University of New South Wales, who used a 2010 NARSAD Young Investigator Grant to conduct studies with TDCS, says the method can potentially help the brain activity and, and inhibiting competing brain regions. More studies are needed to determine if cognition related to psychiatric, psychiatric illness can be improved beyond the treatment sessions themselves. Now, one thing I do want, do want to say, um, um, also on this page, there are multiple YouTube videos um, regarding presentations being done, uh, talking about identifying risk factors and um, even having um, a guest speaker, Dr. J. Guide, Guide or Jid, I'm not sure how to pronounce, but um, answering on some of the other questions going further, um, which will also, it's, which is will be in the link for the BBR Foundation um, that I'll leave in the description. Um, one also, another thing I wanted to talk about as well is before doing this one, I did want to talk about schizophreniform. Um, but it was this very short amount of information because it's very is pretty much almost identical to schizophrenia. Um, but the main difference between that is um, there's another disorder called brief psychosis disorder. Um, then there's schizophreniform and schizophrenia. The main difference is the the duration of psychosis symptoms. So a brief psychosis disorder um, is usually within just no longer than a month, um, anywhere from maybe a week, maybe maybe anywhere from maybe a couple of days, a week to no longer than a month. Um, it's brief psychosis disorder. Um, schizophreniform is anywhere from at least one month, but no longer than six months. Um, the main thing, and then there's schizophrenia, which is more than six months, anywhere from six months and longer. Um, 
there, I did see an article that did mention that they will, you know, is it is schizophrenia form an actual valid diagnosis only because it's from anywhere from one to six months. Some people kind of say it's, it's kind of like it is a diagnosis that kind of is there just to be there. So people, so some psychiatrists and psychologists don't know if it's really, if it really should be a valid diagnosis or not. Um, but the main difference between all three, um, brief psychosis disorder, schizophrenia form, and schizophrenia, or, um, it's just the duration. Um, also, so yeah, that was from, whatchamacallit, the Brain and, what's called, Brain and Behavior Foundation, Brain and Behavior Research Foundation. Um, I did want to, one second. I did want to go into um, the subtypes a little bit more, just because I found that a little interesting when I did see that. Um, just seeing, hey, like, what necessarily is these these disorders probably um, talked about a little bit more in depth, just because I thought it would be something that. Um, Something that would be interesting to talk about because when I've I know personally when I first heard about it I just thought I was like oh people just have voices in their head or, um, or see things that tell them what to do and that's pretty much just how I just thought about it you know never really that's so whenever I heard schizophrenia I was like oh like they just have voices telling them what to do you know whatever but I think reading about that I was like oh there was subtypes before um, one thing that is, like I said, we don't use the subtypes anymore when we do talk about schizophrenia, because um, now we just say schizophrenia. Um, but I do want to talk about it and just see, um, maybe just go a little more in depth with it um, before I go into um, some myths that I found. And I do want to um, read that comic to you guys. So, I will link it and also um, maybe read some. I went to Reddit for some experiences only because, I don't know, I just like going to Reddit and reading them because I feel like people have a little, a little more freedom. And, you know, they have, like, it's just a place where everyone can, like, comment on, schizo- on you know, their experiences. So that's why I wanted to go there. Um, but, yeah, I want, let's go first with the subtypes uh, that were... Um, views, but now isn't necessarily anymore, um, starting in around 2013. Um, so the first one on our list is paranoid schizophrenia. Um, paranoid schizophrenia used to be the most common form of schizophrenia. Um, in 2013, however, this, the American Psychiatric Association determined that paranoia was a positive symptom of the disorder. So paranoid schizophrenia wasn't a separate condition. Hence, it was then just changed to schizophrenia. The subtype description is still used, though, because of how common it is. Symptoms include delusions, hallucinations, excuse me, disorganized speech, trouble concentrating, behavioral impairment, um, such as impulse control, emotional liability, lability, I think it says lability, and flat effect. Let me see what I pronounce this. Hebic, hebephrenic, or disorganized schizophrenia. Um, 
that's the next one on the list, uh, is still recognized by the International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems, or ICD-10 for short, um, although it has been removed from the DSM-5. Um, in this variation of schizophrenia, the individual doesn't have hallucinations or delusions. Instead, they experience disorganized behavior and speech. This can include flat effect, uh, speech disturbances, disorganized thinking, inappropriate emotions or facial reactions, or in trouble with daily activities. Notice here that the only, I think the one thing I noticed that was um, that's shared between the paranoid and the disorganized one is um, flat effect and disorganized um, speech or thinking. Um, but of course, with this one, like I said, this one took out the hallucinations and delusions. Um, undifferenti undifferentiated schizophrenia um, is the term used to describe when an individual displayed behaviors that were applicable to more than one type of schizophrenia. For instance, an individual who had catatonic behavior, which we'll talk about later, but also had delusions or hallucinations with word salad might have been diagnosed with undifferentiated schizophrenia. With the new diagnostic criteria, this merely signifies to the clinician that a variety of symptoms are present. Um, residual schizophrenia. This subtype is a bit tricky. It's been used when a person has a previous diagnosis of schizophrenia, but no longer has any prominent symptoms of the disorder. The symptoms have generally lessened in intensity. Um, residual schizophrenia usually includes more negative symptoms, such as flattened effect, psychomotor difficulties, slow speech, poor hygiene. Many people with schizophrenia go through periods when their symptoms wax and wane and vary in frequency and intensity. Therefore, this designation is rarely used anymore. And catatonic schizophrenia. Although catatonic schizophrenia was a subtype in the previous edition of the DSM, DSM-4, it's been argued that in the past that catatonia should be more of a specifier. This is because it occurs in a variety of psychiatric conditions and general med medical conditions. It generally presents itself as immobility, but it can also look, look like mimicking behavior, mutism, and a stupor-like stupor, S-T-U-P-O-R, like condition. Just because I don't want anyone thinking I said stupid. Because people who have schizophrenia are not necessarily stupid. Um, and did also write a little bit about childhood schizophrenia, which I'll read here. Um, it is not a subtype, but it's rather used to refer to the time of diagnosis. A diagnosis in children is fairly uncommon. When it does occur, it can be severe. Early onset schizophrenia typically occurs between the ages of 13 and 18. A diagnosis under the age of 13 is considered a very early onset and is extremely rare. Symptoms in very young children are similar to those of de developmental disorders such as autism and ADHD. These symptoms can include language delays, late or unusual crawling or walking, and, and abnormal motor movements. It's important to rule out developmental issues when considering a very early onset schizophrenia diagnosis. Schizoph symptoms in older children and teens include social withdrawal, sleep disruptions, impaired school performance, irritability, odd behavior, 
and more or less substance use. Younger individuals are less likely to have delusions, but they're more likely to have hallucinations. As teens get older, more typical symptoms of schizophrenia like those in adults usually emerge. It's important to have a knowledgeable professional make a diagnosis of childhood schizophrenia because it's so rare. It's crucial to rule out any other condition, including substance use or an organic medical issue. Treatment should be headed by a child psychiatrist with experience in childhood schizophrenia. It usually involves a combination of treatments such as medications, therapies, skills training, and hospitalization if necessary. Now, with that out of the way, I did want to go to WebMD. I forgot to say that that past article was from Healthline. Um, let me see. It was medically reviewed by Timothy J. Legg, PhD, CRNP. But it was written by Valencia. I hope I pronounced that right. Valencia Figuria. Um, it was, but it was last updated on July 23rd, 2018. Um... I did want to go to WebMD now, um, which had a lot to say, but I did want to more so mention, um, I just wanted to hone in on the myths and facts that was written on their website um, about having um, schizophrenia and the myths and facts are related to that. I'm going to read the article. is. One second, if I can get the article to act right. Give me one quick second. All right, got it to work. Okay, so like we all know, there is a lot of incorrect information about schizophrenia um, spread by, you know, movies, TV shows, um, stereotypes. Sometimes even news articles um, can, you know, mislead people and, and misinform people. I'm about this very serious mental disorder known as schizophrenia. Um, let's see here. I did want to go into the midst of, there we go. It says commonly people with schizophrenia don't know they have it, which can make treatment much more challenging. Get the real story behind some of these common myths. Myth number one, it means you have multiple personalities. This is one of the biggest misunderstandings about schizophrenia. One poll, one poll found that 64% of Americans believe the condition involves a split personality, which means someone acts like they're two separate people. Some of the most common symptoms of schizophrenia are hallucinations and delusions, which include hearing voices in your head and acting on false beliefs. This isn't the same as multiple personality disorder, or more accurately known as dissociative identity disorder. A person with schizophrenia doesn't have two different personalities. Instead, they have false ideas or have lost touch with reality. Multiple personality disorder is unrelated. Like I said, it's a different disorder. There's a reason it has a different name because it's a different disorder. Myth number two, most people with schizophrenia are violent or dangerous. In movies and TV shows, who is the crazed killer? Often it's the character with this condition. That's not the case in real life. Even though people with schizophrenia can act unpredictably at times, most aren't violent, especially if they're getting treated. People with schizophrenia are more likely to be victims of violence. They're also more likely to harm themselves than others. According, according suicide rates among people with schizophrenia are high. 
And so when people when when people with this brain disorder do commit violent acts, they usually have another condition like childhood conduct problems or substance abuse. But the disorder alone doesn't make them physically aggressive. Myth, myth number three. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Bad parenting is the cause. Mothers in particular often get blamed. But schizophrenia is a mental illness has many causes, including genes, trauma, and drug abuse. Mistakes that people have made as a parent doesn't necessarily give their children this condition. Myth number four, if a parent has schizophrenia, you will get it too. Genes do play a role, but just because one of your parents has this mental illness, or that can apply to anyone, or anyone like any blood relative, illness does not mean that you're destined to get it. You might have a slighter higher risk, but scientists don't think genes are the only cause. Certain viruses, not getting enough nutrition before you're born, and other things play a role in turning on the genes. If one parent has schizophrenia, your risk of getting a condition is about 10%. Having more than one family member with it raises your risk. Myth number five, people with schizophrenia aren't smart. Some studies have found that people with, with the condition have more trouble on tests of mental skills such as attention, learning, and memory, but that doesn't mean they're not intelligent. Many creative people and smart people throughout history have had schizophrenia, such as Russian ballet dancer Puslov Hinjinsky, I hope I pronounced that right, um, and Nobel Prize winning mathematician John Nash. Scientists are even looking into links between genes that may be related to both psychology psychosis, and creativity. Number six, if you have schizophrenia, you belong in a mental hospital. There was a time when people with mental illnesses were sent to asylums or even prisons. But now that experts know more about this disease, fewer people need to be placed in long-term mental health facilities. The level of care you need depends on how severe your symptoms are. Most people with schizophrenia live independently with family or in supportive housing in the community. It's important to be in close contact with your doctor and to have support in place to help you continue your treatment as needed. Number seven, you can't hold a job if you have it. Schizophrenia can make it harder for you to land a job and to go to work every day, but with the right treatment, many people can find a position that fits their skills and abilities. Number eight. Schizophrenia makes people lazy. The illness can make it harder for someone to take care of their daily needs, such as dressing and bathing, but this doesn't necessarily mean that they're lazy. They just need some help with their daily routine. Number nine, it comes with a sudden psychotic break. If you think about it, when I think about that, it usually thinks like, like the glass shattering effect and like TV shows or when like people like have like this crazy moment here's one of the facts it says some people would have a big mental event that leads to a schizophrenia diagnosis but symptoms can appear over time and are hard to notice if you have early symptoms of schizophrenia you might be less social show less interest in normal activities or withdraw from everyday life other symptoms like acting out delusions and hallucinating can show up later myth number 10 the last one that they mentioned here says you can never recover from it. Schizophrenia can be hard to treat, but it's not impossible. Antipsychotic medications help stabilize you, 
and lower the risk of future symptoms. Talk therapy and cognitive behavior therapy are also helpful tools that can show you how to handle stress better and live well. With the right medicine therapy, about 25% of people with the disease will recover completely. Mm, okay. Another 50% will see some improvement in their symptoms. Many people with the condition can live full, productive lives. It says it was reviewed by Jennifer. This part was, med- was reviewed by Jennifer Casarella on sept- September 27th of 2020. Do we all like to forget? Anyway. Um, I did want, I did want to read that as well, just because, um, there are many, um, I, I think the number one, one, number one, one of them that I've heard, or at least that's shown in movies and stuff is usually, um, schizophrenics being violent and dangerous, um, the multiple personality ones, and I think it was also the mental hospital. And a psychotic break. I feel like those are the ones I've heard before. Um, but I think that's more attributed to movies and things I've read, and like, usually like TV shows and stuff. Um, but, you know, over time, I, I think I started realizing how um, reading on Bonnet, and I do have, I do know someone who does have schizophrenia. And I can never say that a lot of these myths aren't true. Especially one like violent or being dangerous, um, just because someone violence and dangerous is not necessarily a symptom of a disorder. Um, you know those things. Those those can be of pretty much anything else. You know, or it could be of any other issue. It doesn't necessarily have to be like oh this disorder um, caused this or whatever. It's just not true um but yeah that's that was definitely excuse me i'm sorry that was definitely my take on it um there's also this comment if i can pull it up um i just wanted to read to you guys um it's on pages i'll definitely link it because you know i do do want to link it let's see if i can find from Tall guy writes. Um, trying to see. Give me one second. Okay. So it was written, So this comic was made. Um, see here by Tall Guy Writes. Um, has own website tallguywrites.livejournal.com. Um, and he used that he did an eleven page chapter, um, that covered schizophrenia. And. I do want to read it um, to you guys real quick before I go into like other experiences that some people um, may have or have had with um, their diagnosis of schizophrenia. Um, but I'm going to read to you guys real quick. And like I said, I'll link it, to it, link it in the description. Um, schizophrenia. So, sufferers of schizophrenia don't have multiple personality disorder. Sufferers of schizophrenia are no more dangerous than anyone else. Don't believe me? Then look in the paper and you'll see that most crimes are committed by the same, the same people. The crimes committed by the mentally ill tend to get publicity all out of proportion to their frequency. Why is this? It's because there's much fear and ignorance in the general population on the subject of schizophrenia. 
These, these few instances make for easy and lazy news stories. Like a mad killer did blah blah blah. Schizophrenia is a brain disorder which creates distortions in perceptions and thinking. This, the sufferer's reality can be twisted and distorted in bizarre ways. I'm going to try to change some of the voices for different people. Like, I don't like to go out much as people read my mind. I hear hostile and controlling voices that comment on everything I say and do. People keep inserting their thoughts into my mind, which is why I wear this hat. A white van follows me around. I see it everywhere. Psychotic symptoms for men usually begin in their late teens or early adulthood, and in women in their mid-tweens to early 30s. More subtly, the illness also affects memory and the ability to plan and organize. These impairments have often interfere with the sufferer's ability to lead a normal life or earn a living. The strangeness of a sufferer's behavior and beliefs can turn them into a pariah. I hope I pronounced that right. When I became ill, I found that my friends drifted away and even my family became remote. They were disturbed by my symptoms and unsympathetic towards me. If I had cancer, people would have rallied around. But because I was schizophrenia, few wanted to know. They were afraid. If people had have no record of violence before they develop symptoms and are not substance abusers, then they are unlikely to commit crimes after they are ill. Sufferers of this illness are more likely to be the victim of crimes than the perpetrators. They sometimes they are odd. They stand out because they often lost sight of the social norms. They are subject to ridicule and hostility. They are vulnerable. There was a particular patient I remember. A, pa a man in his 50s who was half-starved on admission to the ward. Originally a patient on one of the old Long State wards, he'd moved out into the community some years before. When social services checked up on this man, they found him living in squalor. Local youths had inserted themselves into his life and home, using a slats to hang out in and take drugs. Syringes and beer cans littered the floor. They even taken his benefit book and tried to cash it. This gentleman stayed on the ward for some weeks until a residential home could be found for him. No single cause of schizophrenia has been discovered. The illness tends to run in families, but it is thought that genes alone cannot cause the disorder. Interactions between genes and the environment is thought to be necessary for schizophrenia to develop. Many environmental factors have been suggested as risk factors, factors, exposure to viruses or malnutrition in the womb, subtle brain damage at birth, social factors such as stressful environmental conditions. In other words, almost everything is implicated in the causes of schizophrenia, making it very difficult to follow the thread of cause and effect. The old antipsychotic medications, which many still use, can cause muscle rigidity, tremors, and agitation, obliging people to take further drugs in order to counteract these side effects. The newer antipsychotics, which were introduced in the 1990s, work well for those with whose illness was previously treatment resistant, but they do bring their own side effects. The drug I use stimulates appetite, which is why I've ballooned out like this. My sexual drive has vanished. Thanks for that. Clozapine, an otherwise excellent drug, can in a small percentage of people reduce the number of the body's white blood cells, 
which can, which can comprise the immune system's ability to fight infection. Users need regular blood tests to ensure their white blood cell count is normal. Even with these side effects, people who suffer schizophrenia are still far better off than if they if they'd been left untreated. In the past, they've been consumed by madness or frozen in a state of catatonia. Now there's a better chance of a normal life. The puzzle of brain illness is better understood every year. However, the general population needs to be more understanding of those who suffer mental illness. Our lives are difficult enough as it is. <sighs> that was a lot. Um, yeah, that was a lot. Um, I definitely wanted to read some experiences though. Um, before I, um, sign off for the day. Um, one experience that was written, it says here, um, this is on Reddit by user Jake Grindle. Who was pronounced that right? Um, correct, let me see. Yeah, okay. Um, their, their experience here um, was written, it says around 11 years ago. It says, I am a schizophrenic who began showing signs of psychosis in college. Sometimes I see things that aren't there. Sometimes I hear things you can't hear. I spent the better part of a year committed to a mental hospital after I fled my home for Seattle, where I lived on the street for months. It was a scary experience in my life. After I was released, I finished my college education and got a job as an engineer for a respectable company. I take a daily regimen of six pills that sap my energy and slow my mind. I have to do so, have to so I can cope into some reality from my imagination. One day, I had an episode during work. I had to excuse myself from a meeting because I was seeing and hearing things that weren't there. I could recognize they weren't real, but it's the same way that someone could recognize a scary movie isn't real. It still very much scares you. I went to my office and turned off the light, trying to calm myself. A few people noticed this odd behavior and the rumor spread. HR asked me what the problem was and I told him about my condition. The stigma was so bad I had serious problems interacting with people after that. I became known as the schizo and eventually left. The sad thing about this disease is that due to the stigma of it, even if you manage to recover, you're still subject to ridicule and social outcastness. Some one person did this. It was like, if the HR people told their members of the company about your condition after you confide in them, that's a serious violation of HIPAA rules, HIPA. I would assume I would sue the pants off them. Um, and they said, and the person did respond saying, yes, there was some serious breach and they paid for it both in and out of court settlement and the fact that it took two, year, two of their largest account to a competitor. Whew. I don't understand. When I hear about things like this, about people getting, when people don't try to understand someone or something, it makes me pretty upset. Because I just don't understand why someone, excuse me, why someone would do that, I guess. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but also wanted to go to another person, this Reddit user on different Reddit thread. Um, it's, been, it's been archived, but I'll link it. It says by 
Mm. Reddit user. A, a random kid's too. Um, serious. Schizophrenics, what is the lifestyle of schizophrenia? Now, if you don't use Reddit, when someone uses the serious tag, that usually means that there's no jokes. You know, they are looking for actual serious replies, so they're not trying to joke around. Um, one person said, um, bro, Proganisms? Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't really pronounce the name, but it says it's not fear, it's knowledge. You're not worried your friends are planning to kill you. You know your friends are planning to kill you. Even when you know you're having a delusional episode, you're still convinced the worst thing you could ever imagine is happening. There's no way to shake it. Whew. One person said this. Um, from my own experience, I have had paranoid ep- paranoid episodes coupled with a lot of delusions of reference where people are or were plotting all kinds of things, positive and negative. Never had a full-blown psychosis, but that stuff is effing confusing. I hope I can give you a clear picture of it, but keep in mind that I'm not good with words and that it is kind of difficult to put those kind of experiences in words. Uh, someone can do a can do a small some little je- nice gesture to you like help you with your groceries that you dropped i think get paranoid that he or she does it to steal from me or poison my food or someone from one of the secret societies that are planning to help me and make feel make feel good about myself of course this is already to react adequate on this situation after an hour your voices kick in and are saying he or she is friends with your co-workers and they all set this up to see how you would react to him or her after that, you are thinking of all the things that your coworkers have said to you and have paranoid and delusional thoughts about it, thinking that they are working with the FBI and monitoring your every emotion, or that the place you work with, all your coworkers, does only exist to give you work. This is a small example of how one thing can become big. With multiple of these experiences occurring a day, everything seems to intertwine, change, and you don't know how to react or behave around people. Because maybe they are helping you, plotting to kill you, or maybe just actors in some kind of Truman show. You start questioning what is real, and you can't give an answer. Because in your head, all the hundred paranoid ideas and beliefs could be real, and you just don't know. What is real, or just a thought anymore? When an episode comes to an end, all the paranoid ideas and delusions become less regular. But some have been so strong that I still believe them. Although I don't see any evidence for them that is still true. So I become less confused. Of course, this is for me and how I experience it. I can, I can believe that for someone who have a full-blown psychosis that when an episode is ending, he or she will experience what's, what's been described above. Another person said, it's, it's effing ag- acne. At every stage of your life, it will make you suffer. I recently got on medication over the course of two years I finally managed to find a medication that worked very well. The side effects aren't that bad, at least compared to the medications I had before. Anyways, I think the worst part is that it will cause you to act in ways that nobody will ever understand. You will fully believe things that are completely nonsensical. Paranoid episodes are are horrific. Imagine feeling like someone's trying to kill you. I mean that literally. I know that face gets tossed around a lot, but actually try and picture it for a second. Have you ever been running from someone you thought was out to get you? 
literally picture that at every corner you see some of that feeling comes. That feeling of fear is horrible. But it's made so, 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 so much worse by how people react. My parents couldn't tell what I was feeling. I thought that if I told someone about the hallucinations or the crazy conspiracies I thought were real, I would die. So I would hide when I start panicking. I would try to hide it. My parents would make me panic so much more. The way that it cripples you socially is, is one of the worst elements of it to me. And that social isolation will just add more and more legitimacy to your delusions because nobody's there to tell you that it's crazy or they're not real. I was always in the state of constant alertness because of stupid things I was afraid of. When I became, when I finally started coming out of it, I was met with tons of resistance and claims I was lying. It really hurts to come out, come out about your problems and get hate for it. The way it makes your head race is just painful. Staying up all night thinking I was in danger, overthinking everything and everything, hearing things that aren't there and being convinced it was real. Then there, there's what they call delusions of grandeur, where you think you're powerful or genius or some supernatural being. These make, these make you do crazy stuff, often extremely dangerous and ungodly embarrassing later on in life. Just know these, when someone comes out about it, please be patient. Don't panic. And accept that this is really happening. Schizophrenia is not just a thing in music and movies. It is a real thing in the real world and it really hurts. I'm sure I could explain this better by if I took a little, little more time for it. This is a really rough explanation. Get, getting a bit emotional about it. But yes, it sucks. I've heard people say I wish I was schizophrenic. Yes, I've actually heard that said before. And it's the most insulting thing I've ever heard. Um, someone else commented, um, as EMS, I see a lot of schizophrenic patients. I obviously understand that it's scary being picked up by us, especially in the middle of a paranoid, paranoid episode, when it already feels like everyone's out to get you. What are some things we can say to help keep patients calmer, to avoid having to use physical or chemical restraints and keep things from getting violent? I'm very interested in learning about this kind of thing as much as possible especially being in a large city with over half, half of my calls being psychiatry calls, a good chunk with some form of schizophrenia or schizophrenia-like symptom. Um, the person who gave that experience said, um, yeah, that's a hard question. I've seen a ton of people that get what they call booty juice. Um, and it's really hard to tell if there was a way to prevent it. For one thing, I've seen a lot of hospitals handle this horribly. Here's something I didn't think I had to tell a bunch of psychologists but for the love of God, don't have a bunch of giant men burst in the room until it's absolutely necessary. I think the best thing is to attempt to hear them out. Listen to why they're doing what they're doing and try to convince them that what... One second. Is, you know, wrong. But I have no idea how safe that is in certain situations. One time I started throwing chairs and stuff at an RTC and I get put into a metal box. Not literally, I mean a psych ward cell, but let's be real, it was a metal box. It's hard to say if there was a better option. I stick to the professional opinion, whatever that is, but I really think that hospitals need to show a little restraint now and then. And this just goes on for a little bit longer. Um, but I feel like that goes to show that some people don't, that not everyone's, everyone's way of dealing with schizophrenia is different. Um, 
that's where I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop that for today. Um, because I am reaching around the hour mark. Um, but yeah, I do want to just make sure that's just known, you know, try to envision that I've seen this and I even sometimes like in stories and stuff where people just don't understand and instead of trying to actually consciously put the effort into actually understanding what this person's going through it can they usually just kind of socially abuse them in the sense of just outcasting them as just weird or something's wrong with them instead of actually trying to help them out and sometimes it's better just to ask what can I do to help I never really seen any experiences where people were not wanted, where people just are like, hey, what can I do to help? That's way much better than just being like, assuming that you know what to do or kind of just pushing away. Because when you don't know how to handle something, it can make the situation a lot worse. And some of the things I read just, it blows my mind with just how crazy some people act when it comes to certain things <sighs> but that's what I'm in today guys um like I said I'll leave all the um I'll leave all like the links and everything that I used in the, in the description um but I do want to encourage you guys to do your own research as well uh, like I said this is like a very small chunk um and I'm pretty sure you guys can also find your own um, but yes, please do your own research. Um, if you know of someone who does um, suffer from schizophrenia or anything, just know that there are normal people like you. They just have a different way of voicing their reality. So don't make them feel worse than they already do. Having a mental disorder or illness sucks. Just like it's being regularly sick. Just having physical illness, it sucks. Don't make it worse for, for someone. Um, but yes, that's where I'm going to leave it today. Um, I hope you guys have a good rest of your day, um, and I'll talk to you guys on next week. Bye, y'all.